Welcome to Growth Over Easy, the podcast where we explore the depths of life with an optimistic lens. I'm your host, Lily Rachels, and I believe pain has the potential to produce more growth than happiness ever could. I teach you how to grow through grief and give you actionable tools you can start using today. It's time to choose growth over the easy path in life. Let's grow together. Welcome back to Growth Over Easy. Today, I'm joined by Lori Geary, and we are going to talk about overwhelm, when you're feeling stuck in life, why you might not be able to have it all, among other things. Welcome, Lori. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad you're here. I know we met a month ago now at a BBG event, and talk about overwhelm. (laughs) After that, I felt like (laughs) I was overwhelmed with so many ideas and different things I wanted to do and information. And I feel like overwhelm is just a hot topic right now because people are feeling overwhelmed in so many different areas of life, whether it's home life, career life. So you speak to overwhelm. You're a coach. Can you tell me what brought you to that particular thing? Yeah, it's been quite a few years now. But And if you ask me how I got there, I think my answer is I I don't know, but I can tell you exactly where I was. So on paper, I had a really perfect life, right? I had a great family, an awesome job. I had everything that you would kind of tick the box as you're going through, like, okay, promotion, check, you know, marriage, check, children, check, little dog, check. And I was constantly finding myself making excuses of kind of when things were going to slow down. So, you know, Once school started, things were going to be better. Once I got through this big project at work, things were going to be better. And what I didn't realize at the time was I had really kind of given over the direction of my life to others. Um, I was no longer directing what I wanted. I was in full-time reaction mode and I was offered the job of a lifetime. I was, I was offered a, an opportunity to, to move abroad with my company and I want to tell you that I was doing cartwheels down the hallway and I was, you know, feeling super duper happy about it. And my first initial, like for a hot second, I was elated. And then my thoughts quickly turned to like, oh my God, like, what are our families going to say? Like, what about the kids? Like, can I pull the kids out of school? Like, and I just started to think of all the reasons why it wouldn't work, but none of them were my reason. And I can see it as clear as day. I was sitting on the floor of my home office and my husband was standing in the doorway and we had been talking about the opportunity. And, you know, we basically said, you know, he looked at me and he's like, so, so we can't do it. And something inside me kind of clicked at that moment. And I looked at him and I said, what if we just did? And in that moment, and again, I don't know that I fully appreciated at the time, but in that moment, I took back choice in my life. And I decided that I was then going to start to really play an active role in choosing where I was spending my time and choosing the people that I was surrounding myself with. And that just kind of led me down a a path of figuring out a plan to create structure and, and figure out where I wanted to divert my energy and really to find that fulfillment on all fronts. And, and that's what I help others do now. That is a beautiful story. And I want to go back to what you said because I think that is a lot of us out there and that you felt like you were pulled in so many different directions and you kept, I think you worded it similarly to, you kept almost waiting till your schedule cleared up enough for you to be able to 
enjoy and live yeah. the life you wanted. And I'm like, I've been there. Sometimes I get to that point. <laughs> and I know so many people who are where it's like, as soon as this is in place, I will live. As soon as this is done, I'll be happy and I'll enjoy. But I've, and it's, so what do you say to people when they're in that place? Yeah. And I say the first thing I say is there's going to be times like that, right? Like there's going to be times when you have a lot going on. But the beauty of kind of going through the motions and starting to put things in place that help you design the life you want are going to give you that safety net. They're going to give you that foundation to kind of ground yourself back. Like I am the same as you. I am a chronic over volunteer. I will volunteer for anything that you ask me to, but because I have that foundation in place now, I have a stopping mechanism within myself that, that it's just second nature to me now to say, okay, hang on a second. Before I say yes, I really need to look at this and what this would entail and kind of where this fits in. And it's about being more active in your choices and putting the structure in place that's going to allow you to head down, you know, a good path for you. And I think that's the second thing I tell people. You're not everyone, you're you. So your plan and structure you set up and boundaries that you set may look very different from other people. Um, and that's pretty freeing for people because I think our natural tendency is to go with the flow or to see something that's really working for someone else and then get really frustrated as to why it won't work for you. So it's all about finding your balance plan, your place in the world that's going to work for you and, and help move you forward. Yes. And make sure, like, I like how you said that specific to you. And then something else you said was a second ago was you took back choice. Yeah. And I love that because I feel like it's one of those things when you tell people like you're choosing this, you have a choice, sometimes can feel you get really defensive when you hear that because it's like, oh, I have to now take responsibility and look at my life and realize I created this, like I orchestrated this. All of these things are, yes, there are some things out of your control, but the majority of us, when we look at our life, it's a product of what we sure. designed or are just, you know, letting happen to us. Maybe we're not making the conscious choice to really design it. And I want to take you back to that day. You said you're in the hallway with your husband when you were like, yeah. what if we did? What were you feeling before that when like that point where you were like, I'm not going to get to do this thing I really want to do? I think it was, it was just extreme disappointment and, you know, why, and a frustration really on why I couldn't figure out a way to make it work. And, you know, you talked about taking accountability and I had to take accountability then for having some difficult conversations and for knowing that I was going to protect, you know, put my kids in an uncomfortable situation that they were going to have to grow in as well. And I was making that decision for them. So I think that's the best way I can describe it is that that is a that is a little bit of a heaviness of taking on that accountability. But there's also what follows that is just such a sense of accomplishment, being able to be and confidence to say, yes, I am doing this. And I'm really confident in the reasons why I'm doing this. I love that. And I, again, I love what you said to him. Just what if we did it reminds me, um, I think it's Tom and Lisa, Bill, you they talk about having a conversation with each other when they have like a big dream, like it's like that, yeah. you know, like, what would it actually take? Like, let's put all the reasons aside why it won't work. Like, what would yeah. it actually take 
to make this work, if we made the decision. And so from that point on, when you said that to him, like, what happened? So we then did just that, right? We went through every kind of worst case scenario that would happen. And, you know, what would we do about our house? And what would, how would we tell the kids? And, you know, I was on a pretty short timeline to decide. So I think the power of the deadline is very real. I think that that sometimes can help along the process. And so we kind of did that, you know, brainstorming noodling as much as we could, and then just ultimately made the decision. And the other thing that I is, is with that doesn't always come like the rosiest path forward, right? Like about a month later, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Right? Like, what was I thinking? Like, this is not at all safe. Like, can I go back to like my safe little space where I knew exactly what every day was like, and that was happening. And and I always talk to my kids about the, you know, the growth mindset, fixed mindset thing. And, and that's the point where I think you have to remind yourself that you're in growth mindset. And that's the side of your brain that you want to follow. <laughs> if you're really, you know, if you put the time and energy in to think about something and, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to go back, you can always go back. But um, that fear of did I make the right choice is also sometimes very real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, the fear is definitely real. Even I actually was listening to something earlier today. And she was talking about how even when you make a decision, you might have that inner peace of like, this is right, but it doesn't change the chaos on the outside. Right. Yeah. And you talk a lot about communication, right? And then that becomes a huge part of it, of of how are you going to start to communicate your choices? And that's something that people have to get very comfortable with as well in terms of how they're going to get the confidence. Because at the end of the day, right, nobody wants anybody mad at them. Nobody wants to be the odd man out. You you know, you want to kind of go along to get along a lot of times. And and I find this particularly in the workplace sometimes that it's more challenging to start to communicate some of those boundaries and choices. And that's something that, you know, through creating your own individual plan, you can come up with some things that are comfortable for you. Um, You might not do it exactly like the person next to you, but you can certainly develop a communication frame and style that works for you. Yes. I I love that you touched on that because it is, it's one thing when you decide something for yourself, you've made your choice, but then to actually put it into action and let other people know, like, I mean, in your case, obviously you had other people to discuss it with to make sure you're all on the same team. But even if it's a choice that solely affects you, it's still communicating that to your family. It could be, I mean, I think of like a choice is like, hey, I'm no longer drinking alcohol. And you start to communicate that choice to people. And then people are like, well, why did you have a problem? Like, are you not fun? Like, there's so many things that, you know, other people yeah. have influence over. And it's communicating that and having that confidence to still stand in the decision that you've made. Yeah, so absolutely. What brought you from that career to what you do now? <laughs> So what brought me from that career to now was really kind of going through my own journey. And um, I used to fitness coach. And one of the things that I noticed, and I'm still really passionate about fitness, and I think that's an important point of managing overwhelm as well as movement um, and having, you know, fresh air and all and all that stuff. And we can talk about that some other time. But um, but what I started to notice as I was kind of doing my fitness coaching as well was it wasn't so much ability to do the workouts. It wasn't desire at all to do the workouts. It wasn't, you know, I would hear things like I don't have time or, you know, I was, I'm just really super tired. And, and what I found was it, there really 
it was kind of the overall picture of their life. And the, the not working out was really more of a symptom of the overwhelm that they were experiencing more so than any of the excuses that they were giving themselves as to why they weren't working out. And so that kind of started me down the journey of, you know, a lot of the people that I helped at that point, it wasn't really true fitness coaching. It was like, well, let's figure out what you're up against and where does this fit in your life? And that kind of started the framework of me building the balance plan. I love that because I had a similar start into this world as I was a personal trainer right out of college. And it was realizing the conversations I would have with clients. I'm like, I feel like a therapist. (laughs) And that's what prompted (laughs) me to end up years later to go back to school and, you know, enter into the therapy world then. But so now you do grow personal career growth coaching and you have the balance plan. So if someone comes to you, Mm -hmm. say I come to you and I'm like, Lori, I am overwhelmed. Like, where do we start? So I think what we start is working on choice. I think what we just talked about is where we start in terms of understanding where they're taking a backseat in their life and just kind of either not really putting the energy into figuring out where the biggest blocking point is. Or there's sometimes just a little bit of avoidance, right? When you're overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you have things coming in all directions, it's pretty hard to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to tackle this whole issue of why I can never get out of work on time. Because sometimes it's just easier for me to hope for the best and to hope it works out than to actually go through the pain of figuring out how I'm going to try to adjust my schedule or what I'm going to say no to or how I'm going to communicate with my boss. So it's it's actually talking through and understanding where you feel your biggest blocking point is and then talking about some small steps you can take to start bringing choice back into your life. And we start very, very small. And that's really kind of the whole jumping off point. Um, and then we move on to, um, I call it living where you're at. And that's really taking stock of the reality of your situation. Because the other thing that happens when you're in the state of overwhelm is you oftentimes shut down solutions before figuring out you see things as an A or a B path and you don't necessarily see the C. So a good example of that is, well, I can't just quit my job. I have bills. Well, yeah, I get it. But if, you know, if your job is sucking the life out of you, then there has to be steps we can take to combat that. And if it's really something that you're thinking, this is not for me long term, then what steps are you starting to take now to move you down the path that you want to be on? So that's kind of the second piece of just really getting real with yourself of what that situation is. And then we start to create structure around what path that you want to focus on first, what area of your life you want to focus on first. And 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 this is where people get really nervous too, because people don't, you know, that it's not that you have the rigid structure that you need to follow every day. And that's not what I mean by structure. By structure, I mean putting some planning around the things that are either going to get you out of the overwhelm or are going to get you on the next steps to fulfillment of where you want to be. I like how you said that because I, I've had people have a similar response to things when they feel structured. They're like, oh, it feels like you're putting me in a box, but really you're mm-hmm. giving them, you're like, no, we're kind of mapping out a way for you to get out of this place that you don't want to be in. And that example you gave, because I've heard myself make excuses like that. I've heard other people, you know, why don't you quit your job? I have bills. And it's, we will come up with so many different reasons to keep ourselves so miserable. 
in life. It's like, we will do whatever it takes to maintain being miserable before we think of, you know, but what if, like, what is another possibility? Where is this, you know, door number or door letter C? Like, where's the other option? Right. Like, I think fitness coaching was a good example for me is, you know, I was really looking for something that was fun, right? I didn't feel like in the job I had at the time, I was having a whole lot of fun. And, but realistically, I wasn't walking away from that job, right? There were other things that I wanted to do in in that vein. And, and, but I really was looking for more of a community for more of, you know, how I could have a lot more fun and keep my workouts and, you know, what did that look like for me? And that's, so sometimes it's something completely dramatically different from what you're doing. Sometimes it's just trying something new and that gives you the energy to then want to tackle some of the harder things that you're up against because you are giving yourself energy in other places. Yeah. You're making space for other things. Yeah, exactly. When you sent me your media kit, a couple of things stood out to me. And one is the comment on the myth of having it all. Can you speak to that? Because that is, I hear that a lot in the coaching industry. Like you can have it all, you can have it all. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I think the myth of having it all is that you're going to have it all without any limitation. And that's, you know, you're going to be able to have the perfect job, perfect family, perfect career, perfect, you know, personal lifestyle. You're going to be able to vacation when you want. Like this building of a dream life is somewhat of a misnomer in the fact that you're always going to have push and pull from each side and you're always going to make trade-offs. And that's where I I kind of work through people with balance because balance is a funny word because it implies that you are have equal amount on one side of the scale as you have on the other. Or you have a pie, right? Each slice of your life is divided very nice and equally in the pie. That pie is in balance. But the reality is more like when you're walking on a balance beam, like sometimes it's going really well and sometimes you're kind of swaying to the left and sometimes you're kind of swaying to the right and you're kind of getting yourself back on track. And I think it is possible to have all of the things you want and to have all the pieces of your life that you want in your life exist together. You just have to do it with the understanding that there are going to be trade-offs. There is never going to be, you're not going to wake up in the morning and, you know, there's going to be birds singing and you're going to skip through the sunshine and roses and lollipops and everything's going to go perfect all the time. And I think some people get very let down when, you know, they get stuck at work and they miss a kid's game or, you know, they miss out on a promotion because they've consciously decided that they're going to, you know, not really put in the hours that it takes to kind of get to that next level because their kids are small, you know, or they're caring for an ailing parent. And so that's their focus, right? At that point in time. And uh, people give themselves a lot of grief for that kind of stuff. They beat themselves up a lot because we look at the rosy side of life on social media, right? We look at how perfect it's going for everybody all the time. And, you know, so I think that's a big piece of understanding what balance is for you. And I think the second piece of, you know, people think that they do that, that you have to do everything yourself. And that's not the case. You there's going to be a lot of places where you're going to need help to have it all. And you're going to have to ask for help. And and that's hard for a lot of people as well, particularly high achievers. It's very hard to raise your hand and say, I'm going to need help with this. And, and so I think those are the two pieces for me where when I say the myth of having it all, you know, 
that's what people are really having in their head. And it's, it's about kind of getting them off those thought processes to really dig in and figure out what that means realistically. Yeah, you touched on a couple of things there that I want to highlight. And one is you aren't going to necessarily be able to do this all by yourself and the importance of asking for support. And, yeah. you know, if in the work environment, delegating things to other people and not trying to just manage it, but then also kind of that dichotomy of like, you could have a very loving, joy-filled life and still experience grief and sorrow and sadness. Like there's always, there, there's two sides to things. Like you can have one thing and still the other can be present. It's not like Absolutely. this or that it's this and that are going on at the same time. Absolutely. So what would you say for someone who is finding themselves right now in that place? They're like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Like work is too much. The day-to-day is too much going home and the family is too much. And they're struggling with that example you gave of, I hate my job, but I have bills. So I'm just going to stay here. What would be just something you could give them? Like start here to start to shift so you're going to laugh when I say this because they're the, they're the first three things I tell everybody. And the first thing is something, and I don't even remember where I heard it, but it was years ago. And it's make your bed. It's get up in the morning and make your bed because it's mindless. Everybody knows how to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you tell your brain right away that you've accomplished something and you put a little bit of structure into your life and that kind of sets the tone for your day. So usually people laugh when I tell them that. And then I say, try it for two weeks. And then, you know, then we can talk about it. And I haven't had uh, a negative report about it yet. And and I'm talking about kind of you, you really have no idea where to start. Like these three tips I'm giving you are like, you just, you know, that you feel completely overwhelmed and you really don't know why or where you're, where to start. So the second thing is to take five to 10 minutes every day and do something that does not involve looking at a screen or looking at your phone, whether that's take a walk, doodle, do a brain dump writing of everything that's in your head, just start to write and let your brain tell you what to write and get some stuff down in paper. You can do a quick meditation. You can do some stretches. Just taking that mental break consciously for five to 10 minutes is such a game changer. And you can do that anytime you're feeling kind of overwhelmed during the day. Um, I do it a lot midday uh, because I find that it gives me a lot of energy for the afternoon. And just to get yourself in the habit and starting with five or 10 minutes. And what that does is then it makes you realize that you're able to take some time for yourself. And then you gradually can start to increase that time. And then that can become a 30-minute workout and, and, and you kind of see how that could progress. And then the third thing that I tell people to do is pick one thing to take off your plate for that week. It doesn't have to be something that you're taking off your plate every week. It just has to be something that you're going to take off your plate this week, whether you're going to find somebody to walk your dog, whether you're going to say to your friend, listen, I need to reschedule dinner, um, whether you're going to move a meeting and take a couple hours of personal time from work, you're going to find one thing to get off your plate within the next seven days. And those three things are, you know, the first steps to really starting to train yourself to, to tell yourself that you can manage the overwhelm. 
I like how simple and manageable those are because I mean, that's exactly the thing. If someone is feeling really overwhelmed, like they can't deal with like they can't get things done. It's like start small. And the first one you mentioned, making your bed, I am also a big proponent of that because I'm like, (laughs) at least at the end of the day, you can look at it and be like, I finished something. I completed something and it feels good. And then the second thing, that five to 10 minutes, that is so key. I know for me personally, especially when I've gone through really like, I would say really hard deep grief moments in my life. It's going for walks. And for me, puzzles. I don't know why I only do puzzles. If I'm really sad, if I'm happy, I'm not spending time doing a puzzle. (laughs) But if I'm sad, I am because it is, it's screenless. It's it's not completely mindless, but it's just focused on that one thing. Or like I said, going for a walk just to let yourself decompress. And then the last thing you mentioned, I think when I think of that, I'm like, oh, like even when I'm feeling like just overwhelmed, I'm like, it's okay to cancel and say, hey, I can't do this tonight. Like I need some time for me. Yeah. Or maybe you have someone else clean your house instead of you doing it that week. Like just something to like ease a little bit of the overwhelm and the stress. Yeah. Just something to give you a little bit of time back. And and I'll tell you the story about myself when I this five where this five to ten minutes came into play. And it was something that my therapist asked me and she said, do you ever take any time for yourself? And I said, sure, you know, I work out, you know, or I read or, but when I really actually started what was happening, I was, you know, trying to find the shortest workout I could humanly possibly do because I wanted to cram it in because I had all these other things to do. I wasn't really enjoying the workout or if I was reading, I was, you know, scrolling on my phone, reading you know, the headlines, and then I'd inevitably flip over to social media. And then I'd start, you know, the comparison cycle of what's this person doing and blah, blah, blah. And so I realized it wasn't really even taking time for myself at all. It was checking boxes to try to, you know, again, in the fact of these are all the things that I need to do and in the constant state of overwhelm. And she said to me, have you ever tried meditation? And I laughed. I was like, Oh, God, no, I'm a type A person. I'm not I'm not a meditation person. And she gave me this free app to download. I don't even remember what it was because this was years ago now. And she said, start with one minute. And I said, one minute, what's that going to do? And she said, I bet you can't even do one minute. And I said, that's ridiculous. I can do one minute. And I sat down to do one minute and I couldn't do it. I opened my eyes to see how much time was left on the phone. I was shifting around in my seat. I could not even sit and listen to someone tell me to breathe, not even for the full minute. And it was so eye-opening for me that I had allowed myself to get to this state. And so, you know, that's why it doesn't have to be long. It does not have to be long at all, but just to start to realize what five minutes in, in reality actually is, you know, <laughs> because like I said, you can only increase the time from there, but, but to really take that time out, uh, I think it's a game changer. Oh, I completely agree with you on that because I, yes, I'm like, please meditate. Everyone listening, please start a meditation practice. I love Insight Timer, Headspace app. They have a free trial. I tell everyone that because it is, it's, I remember the first time I tried to meditate, I was, like you said, I was checking the time because it's like, you just want me to sit still and breathe. And then you're like, how long have I been doing this? Like 20 minutes? And you're like, no, like three minutes. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yes. And that is eye-opening for you to like realize that like you were so overwhelmed, like sitting still, giving yourself a single minute out of the day to do nothing. And I like that you touched on 
scrolling social media is not time for yourself. That is time you're giving to thousands of other people as you scroll past their content. Like you're not filling your cup when you do that. Right. And there's a time and a place for that, right? Like I mean, I'm on social media as much as the next person, right? It's just, are you doing that in place of taking time for yourself? That is, you know, something I wouldn't advocate for. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Lori, the last question I like to ask everyone because the podcast is called Growth Over Easy. What does growth mean to you? Growth to me means being true to the best version of yourself. And as long as you feel like you are experiencing your growth, then that's all that matters. That's beautiful because I have asked that question many times and I don't know that I've ever heard someone state it in such a way that there's there's no comparison to anyone else. It's just for you. Yeah. And that's where all of it starts. That's where fighting the overwhelm starts. It starts within you. Lori, I know people are going to want to know more about you. Where can people find you and what are you up to right now? Um, so I, you can find me on my website. It's lorigeary.com. My social media handle on Instagram is at lorigeary. Uh, so you can find me there as well. There's an option on my website. If you want to talk more, you can set up a free consultation. I do individualized coaching programs and I'm keying up a mastermind to launch in March. So that's my next big thing. That's exciting. And guys, there will be links to all of that in the show notes. Lori, thank you so much for your time. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. And just thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Lily. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Growth Over Easy. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with me at lilyrachels.com. I'm Lily Rachels across all social platforms. Please just share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Until next time, remember, easy is empty, growth is gold.